I'm Claire Edwards, and you're listening to Authentic Leadership, a series of conversations, insights, and inspirations with leaders who are real, raw, and authentic. Today, I bring you a conversation with Deborah Corey, Chief Pay It Forward Officer, don't you like that? Of Debco HR, that focuses on the critical subject of recognition. Deborah is so generous in her storytelling, sharing of case studies, tips and advice, and also advice on how to create a recognition program on a shoestring. Enjoy. I met Deborah while co-chairing my first face-to-face conference in over two years back in March. And when I saw her speak, I was experiencing a pocket rocket bundle of energy and passion for her topic. And my head was nodding so violently, I thought it'd fall off. Deborah Corey is the Chief Pay It Forward Officer at Debco HR, based out of the UK. It's a specialist consultancy she set up following a highly successful and varied career in HR that resulted in her being named as one of the top 101 global employee engagement influencers and HR most influential thinkers. Deborah prefers an unconventional and sometimes rebellious approach to people engagement. That's what I really like, actually. And, And one of the many strings to her bow is our topic of conversation today, leading with recognition. I am so excited to hear what will unfold in our conversation. One thing I can assure you, it's not going to be boring. Deborah, a very warm welcome to Authentic Leadership. Thank you. I, I, I love that setup. It's not going to be boring. There you go. <laughs> no pressure. Exactly. <laughs> no, I've seen you speak. You cannot be boring. Absolutely not. So listen, before we before we dig a little deeper into our topic for today, um, we'll obviously hear where your accent is from. And I said that you were UK based. So can you maybe just share us a little bit of background as to where you hail from originally and how you ended up in the UK? Sure. So um, I am American. I was born in the US and I, I started my career out in the US And then I was working for Gap, the retail company, and they um, sent me over to the UK for a two-year expat assignment. And I've I've been here about 20 years now. So um, it's a combination of I love where I live and being able to travel and being able to do an international role in a different way that I could have done it back in the US. Yeah. And and my husband loves it here and our kids love it here. So it's it's a great place to, to base and then to support the world from here. Absolutely. And and if there's one thing that you miss from the US, what would it be? Family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Family. As a matter yeah. of fact, I'm going back for a family wedding. We haven't all been together in three years and I'm going in a couple of weeks. So looking forward to that. Oh, you, you and me both. Yes, I'm going back <laughs> to the UK at the end of June and uh, I can't wait to give my family a hug. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Deborah. I really am. Um, so, so onto the onto the topic for today. You know, twenty years in HR covered so many different areas, um, and I know that you specialize in other areas as well. But why did you land on recognition as one of the most important? 
Well, it, it's interesting because I wrote my first book when I was still an HR leader. I was in between jobs. And my first book I wrote was on communications. And it was it was mostly because of a bucket list. I'm sure we all have bucket lists. And mm-hmm. I was in between jobs. I pulled out my bucket list to write a book. And I thought, I'll write a book on communications because it's an area that I've gotten wrong so many times in my career. It's almost a book of just sharing everything I did wrong and giving people tips to get it right. Um, then my second book I wrote with my CEO called Build It, the Rebel Playbook for Employee Engagement. And in it, there's a model called the Engagement Bridge Model that has 10 parts. And my goal, I mean, I'm answering your question now. My goal is to write a book on each of the 10 sections of the Engagement Bridge. Okay. So um, my first one, funnily enough, was on communications. After Build It, I wrote one on values and I wrote one on on recognition. First of all, it's an area I absolutely love. In HR, there's so few areas that we get to do that 100% bring joy to people. I mean, it's only yeah. joy recognition. Um, but also my whole idea on when to write a book is that two things. First of all, if I see a problem in that if things aren't being done the way it needs to be, and I'll share statistics later, later that talk about that. And also if I have an approach. So I've been sharing a model and approach mm-hmm. over the last couple of years and everyone just writes it all down. And I thought, okay, I'm going to put it in a book. So long story short, that's why this book and why I'm specializing and focusing a lot of my time now on recognition along with all the other engagement areas. Ah, oh, that's really interesting. And uh, just, just picking up on something that you said then, because HR, they do have an awful lot of challenging stuff to deal with as well. And and you saying only joy. And from, you know, from what I've read of your, your book on recognition, Appreciate It, it, it seems to me like there's a central theme around recognition where it's not, it's not been applied to everybody in the organization. Not everybody did experience joy from the recognition program, but it seems to be that you're on a mission to make it, to make that happen. Is that right? Yes. I've got a couple big challenges in this book that I want to overcome. You're right. The first one is to have more people experience this joy. So i Statistics usually are what drive me to write a book. And a couple of statistics. One statistic I read that was somewhere around seven in 10 employees have not been appreciated in the last year. So, you know, forget the last week, the last month, the last quarter, in the last year. And that just saddens me that, you know, only three out of 10 people are, are being recognized. And if you think about it, that's because a lot of companies focus on things like um, long service awards. I, I'm calling them years of service to try to change it so that you do it every yeah. year. But also things like employee of the year, employee of the quarter, employee of the month. Too many companies are focusing their money and their attention on that instead of more of the everyday recognition. I'll give you a perfect example. One of the companies I interviewed was Heineken. And I always start out my stories asking about, you know, why did you decide to focus on recognition? What's your journey? And they said exactly that. They had a program that focused on 4% of people in the company were being recognized a year. And they completely shook it up, completely changed it. So much so that a year later, 96% of people had been recognized throughout the year. And to me, that is joy. Um, And then the second part, and we'll talk more about this, is not just recognizing, but doing it in the right way. And uh, I start my book out talking about focusing on the feeling. So making sure that you're not just saying thank you, but that you're recognizing and showing genuine appreciation. Because if, if we don't get that right, there, it's just not going to work. 
Yeah, yeah. Paying lip service is 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 probably worse than than not having anything in place. I would think. Absolutely. And, and just picking up on what you said there about about appreciation, it is. I mean, it, it is there a difference between appreciation and recognition? Is it just language, or 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 is there a difference? And 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 does it matter? Do you know, it's interesting because when I was writing the book Build It, um, my co-author and I were getting into this whole discussion and debate about employee engagement. Because, again, so many people call it different things. Hmm. And to me, I think that appreciation or recognition is the input and appreciation is the output. Uh-huh. So one is the vehicle. So and and. Not a lot of people agree with me on this, I have to say. There's so many mm-hmm. people who are trying to create differences between gratitude and appreciation and recognition. And to be honest with you, I don't care what we call it. I just want people to do it. Just but if do I, it. Yeah, but if I had to define it, I would say that if we if we get the input right through how we mm-hmm. recognize, we on the outside, on the on the end of it, then we get feelings of appreciation and gratitude. Same thing with employee engagement. If you go through the employee experience and, you know, appreciate your people and, and, and care for them. The output is employee yeah. engagement. It results in engagement. Absolutely. But in my, in my book, build it, I, we, we wrote, I don't care what you call it, just do it. Same thing. And I said that in the recognition book too. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear it. And I'm really glad you, you mentioned Heineken before, and I hope we'll go into a bit more detail um, of Heineken as one of your, as your case studies because it was one of my favorites and and the, uh, one of the themes um, was around a, a play on words but I'll just park that for a second and, and the whole sort of branding of it um, because I thought one one of the things I read um, and and you know our listeners all know that I am a sucker for, for the neuroscience is around what's happening in our brains when we do feel appreciated, when we do feel valued, when we do feel recognised. So, can you um, can you lift the lid on the on our noggins, please, and and educate us on on what's happening in our brains? Sure, and and I'm like you because a lot of times we have problems convincing people to do things because they think it's all touchy feely. Yeah, I know we'll get into more data later, but the science always always helps. And without, without getting into too much detail, basically there's been studies that have shown that when people feel appreciated, when people are recognized, the words trigger your brain mm-hmm. and it releases happiness chemicals. There's a couple, there's three different happiness chemicals. And the best way to describe them is think about the last time you ate a piece of chocolate and how you feel. Because when you eat chocolate, these chemicals are released mm. also. Um, and they're called feel-good chemicals. And... You know, if you can have recognition, do the same thing as chocolate. I think it's amazing because you don't have to work it off. Um, yeah, it's it's good. And then, interestingly enough, I um I'm just now working on taking my book, appreciate it, and creating a manager's version of it. And I just sent it to someone last week just to give me some input because she teaches mm-hmm. a lot of um, manager courses. And she sent me another study, which I didn't know, which I'm putting in the book, which is that um, when you actually recognize people, so not the person being recognized, but the person yeah. doing the recognizing, um, it impacts your well-being because a study said that there was a reduction in the stress hormone cortisol yeah. after you've recognized someone. So it talks about how this attitude of gratitude can uh, 
it can reduce levels of stress and make us more resilient. So there you go. It's on yeah. both sides again. We were talking about input, input and output. There's a there's a chemical scientific reason for both sides of the equation. It is it, it is it is such a win win because you're right. When we when we give, we actually one of those feel good hormones that you're mentioning, dopamine. We actually release twice as much dopamine when we give as when we receive. So that's another tick for HR being able to. Being able to give joy through recognition. Absolutely. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I get just as much joy giving recognition as receiving it. And I, you know, I really encourage people to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you mentioned you, you mentioned before about um, data and, and I'd love to maybe sort of start to dip into some of the case studies because your book is just jam packed with with tons of different case studies and and you know it's someone looking to implement a, a recognition program they can just sort of you know dip into each of them and, and and take what they want that sort of suits them um but but sharing something maybe going back to the data is that do you get uh, or have you had feedback on some of the maybe some of the returns on investment some of the hardcore returns that you've that, that companies have got for actually implementing a recognition program or improving an existing one? Absolutely. And I, I must have spent a good month just scouring for data because mm -hmm. my whole idea on books is it's not necessarily that I know more than everybody. It's I'm taking the time to put things in a book. And I know that as HR people, as leaders, we don't always have time to go out and scour for data. So I probably have like five pages just with data. But I thought I would bring just a couple of them to you. Um, and these are things that I use when I go into organizations to try to convince my leadership team to do something when it comes to, to recognition. The right. first one is from Deloitte, and it talks about employee engagement in general. And, you know, we could spend an entire other podcast on the benefits of employee mm -hmm. engagement. Um, but their study showed that when you've got and when you practice recognition and you get it right, there's a 14 percent higher employee engagement. So if they look at companies that do it well and then to, that don't have it, 14 percent higher employee engagement. And just to put that number in perspective, Gallup studies employee engagement every year mm -hmm. and at most it goes up one percent. So 14 wow. percent is huge, huge, huge. Um, well, and Sorry, I was just going to say, when you think about the war for talent, mm. and, and, and if those people are going to stay, that's saving an absolute fortune as well in recruitment and retraining and, and knowledge loss and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely. And there's, there's new data that's just coming out that talks about how many people who've left their company have said that recognition is one of the key drivers of why they left their company. It's like yeah. seven or eight out of 10 people when interviewed about it. So when you talk about war for talent, absolutely. I mean, what a horrible, if you're doing an exit interview and, and as an HR person, this would just sadden me. Why did you leave? Well, my boss didn't appreciate me. Mm. They didn't value me. They never recognized me. It's like, oh my God, I've got this amazing program and no one's using it. So yeah. Um, that's a big one. From a company perspective, and these I always share with uh, CFOs and CEOs, things like a study by Reward Gateway showed that 79%, so 8 out of 10 people, said that they would work harder if they were appreciated. 
And then there was another study by Sean Acker, who said that employee productivity can increase by 30% just with one act, which makes complete sense. You know, you've got these happiness chemicals being released. Also, one of the things that I love about recognition is it's feedback. So someone's telling you a great job because you did A, B, and C. And all of a sudden, you know, A, B, and C is the right thing to do. And you just keep doing it over and over again. And of course, you're more productive. And and you've just hit on something there in terms of, I mean, yes, we're talking about employee recognition programs, but people can start tomorrow to, to start creating a culture of appreciation and recognition, can't they? As long as it's genuine, as you say, if it's if it's paying lip service, but you don't have to wait, you know, to get a big budget to put a big a big program in. Well, you know, it can be as simple as a thank you. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't have to be. And as a matter of fact, um, I mentioned I'm writing this new book for managers. I have a whole chapter on informal recognition mm-hmm. because my book Appreciated is focused for people in HR and leadership who actually can go in and design formal mm-hmm. recognition programs. But if you're working in a company where you might not have that or I'm a big fan of informal recognition, you know, as a leader, that's what you need to be looking at doing also, you know, what Mm. can you do to when someone's done a great job, maybe have them go and present at a next meeting, you know, what can you do to um, have them be a mentor? So it doesn't always have to be formal. And there's studies that have shown that a simple thank you, which costs nothing is enough quite often. I know when I, my last company, when I designed my program, I've got an approach called a, a say-do approach for developing programs where I ask people, what are the different things that people do and what do you want to say when they when they do them? And most of the time people are like, we don't need to spend a lot of money. We want to thank them, maybe give them a bottle of wine, maybe let them go out to eat. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, just, and just listening to what you're saying there because you're getting to the core of, of meeting people's core social needs. So if it's a sense of status and importance, letting them present at that meeting or letting them take your place at that meeting is fulfilling that need or, or a sense of autonomy, you know, delegating something to them and, and, and thanking them for a great job of, of when it's been delegated to. It's, it ties it all back in, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think the key is, first of all, figuring out what you have in your toolkit as far as what can you do formally, what can you do informally, Mm. and then understanding what's going to work for that one person, because you're right, one person might love going and presenting in a meeting, another person that would be considered punishment. Yeah, so so it's really important, you know, not just to pull tools out of your toolkit, thinking that it's going to work for everyone. But, you know, as leaders, that's what we do when it comes to everything else. You know, we've got different development programs. We don't use the same ones on on everyone. Everybody's yeah. job is different. Everyone's every person is different. And that is there's no difference when it comes to appreciation and recognition. It definitely has to be personalized. Comes back to knowing your people, doesn't it? And knowing what drives them. Yes. Wow. Okay. So let's I know um so let's jump back a second to maybe one or two of the of of the more formal recognition programs and um and I'd love to hear more about about Heineken because I loved the play on words and I remember you you used Heineken as one of your case studies when you spoke at the HR leadership summit and and I used to live in Holland and actually live down the road from Mr. Heineken <laughs> <laughs> so so it's dear to my heart tell us more Deborah 
Well, let me just first zoom out a second and, and explain why I share these stories. So I don't know about you, but I can only take so much theory and so much data. Oh, yeah. I want something that is just going to trigger ideas. And I always say in my books, because at least half of my books are stories. And I do this because I want to give people as many ideas as possible and then them have them take it back to their company and do it in their own way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Heineken was a fun story. And I like to share that story just again, because it changed from 4% to 96%. They, they do have some lovely play on words. They, and I love companies that do this. So one of their programs are called the IPA Awards, which IPA is one of their beers, but mm-hmm. for recognition, it stands for Inspiring People Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, another company I love play on words that they use is a, a biscuit company. They'll call, they'll call Burton's Biscuits. And all of their awards um, have to do with cookies. So things, <laughs> things like Crumbs Up Award instead of Thumbs Up. Um, treat awards, smart cookie awards. So yeah, I, I like sharing companies that are clever and unique to, to who they are. Um, I like sharing examples like Heineken where they've genuinely made a difference. Just picking other bits that, that I mean, I love every story, so it's really hard to pick, pick ones. Mm. One of the things that LinkedIn did that I really love is when they were analyzing their data and what they were finding and how people were using the recognition program, they found that although they were encouraging people to use it to recognize people for really supporting and driving their commitment to diversity, inclusion, and belonging, it wasn't happening. And when they spoke to their leaders, they said, well, we only have so much of a budget and we don't really have enough money to, to spend on that because we need to spend it on other things. So they did a smart thing and they created a whole separate program that just recognizes diversity, inclusion, and belonging with its own separate budget. So I like sharing stories like that, that really encourage first, first of all, for you to analyze and see how things are working and then do something with it. So I I think that's great. Um, And then the other, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 please carry on. I'll, I'll come back in. Okay. I was gonna say, and then the other thing that you'll, you'll probably remember from when I did my presentation is I like sharing fun and quirky awards, which again, show your personality because that's why I like recognition. Again, you can have fun with it. So companies like uh, Zappos, they have something called a monthly goat award and goat stands for greatest of all times. And along with like traditional things like getting money to spend on your recognition platform, they give you a life-size stuffed goat to go along with it, which I just think is hilarious. Um, an airline that I interviewed for their employee of the quarter, they put your face on an airplane. You know, it doesn't cost them really anything to do that, but oh, amazing, wow. amazing. And then, you know, this company, it's an Australian company, Atlassian. When I oh, interviewed yes. them, I mean, they're always creative. They've been in my last three books. Yeah, uh, yeah. For years of service, when they celebrate 10 years, they create a personalized bobblehead one of those little things where the, your head's really big and, and they give one That's copy to you i know one copy to you and one copy they put on a wall um in their office which i did try to go see the bobblehead wall but they had no idea who i was because my contact wasn't in the country i think they thought i was a strange a strange person coming in and saying can i see the bobblehead wall <laughs> and and deborah just listening to all of those do you know um i'm I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but do you know if any of these companies have actually sort of had their 
the people um, involved in creating the names for things, or has it been the comms and marketing department? Do you know, it's a real mix. And I'm, I'm glad you asked that because personally, I am a big believer of having a team of people. As a matter of fact, at my last company, we had a team of people who created it and I never would have come up with these awards and mm. I, I love them. So like we had the the high five award and, 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 but they came up with it. And then what I've also seen companies do is when you have some companies who have an, a technology based recognition platform, they've got e-cards that they put on their system and they even have their employees help design them. Some companies I interview mm. even have their employees, children design them. So, you know, it's, it's a different level engagement. It's like um, when I was little, my mom used to tell me to have my kids help cook the meals because they'd eat the food if they were a part of cooking it. Yeah. And yeah, same thing with this. Any HR program, if you get your people involved, they're going to have some type yeah. of ownership over it. Wow. And and thinking about what we were sort of linking in with what we were talking about before in that in that you know, we all have different values and needs and drivers and motivators. What about what about different generations? I mean, we're coming up to a point where we're going to have four generations in the workforce. Is there any gen generational difference in how people want to be recognized? Are there any new trends coming out or any evidence? Yeah, do you know... In my book, I share a lot of ideas on generational differences and personality differences, but I think at a high level, I do it because I think it's good just to create awareness. But the thing that I'd say, and I'm sure we all know this, is that just because I'm from one generation doesn't mean that I'm going to want to be appreciated in that way. To Don't me, I stereotype think, me. Exactly. But I think the biggest difference in generations that really is, is important to understand is just where they've come from. So if you think about, you know, kids these days, my kids are entering the workforce right now, you know, they've, they've grown up in an environment where people are more freely thanking each other. They're getting involved with social media and everything's mm. more visible. They've got different expectations than I would have when I was growing up. Those things just didn't happen. Yeah. So, you know, my generation might not feel as comfortable with recognition until you get there. You know, me, I'm one of the, at my last company, we had technology and it had a leaders board. You know, I gave recognition more than so many people, which a lot of people would say that's not really generational. So, again, I think it's it's good to have yeah. these ideas of what what have you grown up with? What are what are your expectations and what are your needs? And then suit it towards those people, because yeah. personalities to me are just as strong. So if you've got you know different types of personality tests, my last company I used was DISC. So with colors. Yeah. And if you have people who are like greens and blues who are a bit, a bit more shy, mm -hmm. you know, again, that's not the kind of person you're going to send to a meeting to present for recognition. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not easy as a leader trying to understand because there's so many different ways you need to understand your people. Yeah. But getting that right, that's where the magic happens. But, but, and we can always ask them, can't we? You know, what is it? And even when we do it, you know, I, I'm a big believer in being authentic as a leader. And if I get it wrong... Just saying, did that work for you? Did it not work for you? What can I do differently next time? I was just going to ask that because I'm thinking, you know, I wonder if there, there are still, I don't know, leaders or cultures out there that firstly sort of one scenario is, well, why do I have to keep thanking you? You're just doing your job. And secondly, 
those leaders for whom they're very uncomfortable that they're not they haven't grown up with a culture of appreciation and they they feel quite awkward and like well I don't even know how to do it and sound genuine have you had any experience of that absolutely and and that's why I always start out um, anytime I do a presentation or a workshop with managers talking about why it's important because a lot of times people see recognition as only a thank you and you're mm-hmm. doing it to thank people. But as you know, it's so much more. I mentioned before feedback. So, you know, and I, I do something where I make people stand up. I'm like, okay, I want you to stand up if you think feedback is important. And of course, everybody stands up. Mm-hmm. I want you to stand up if you think that it's important to have connection and belonging and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. And at the end, everybody's standing up and I put the slide up and says, well, actually that's what recognition does. So it's not just that one dimensional. So if, yeah. if you genuinely want your people to have feedback, you need to recognize them. If you want to mm-hmm. connect with your people, create a sense of trust, you need to. So I, I think the more people can, as again, as leaders, we're all different. Mm-hmm. Understand as a leader, yeah. what are your motivators? What are most important? And then understand how recognition can help do that. Yeah, I hear you. I'm sort of changing angle slightly but there was something that something that I read where you said um that that you're passionate about the recognition revolution (laughs) with a b not a v um tell us about this rebellious side Deborah well it's interesting because that that phrase came from my second book that I wrote with my CEO and we talked about a creating a revolution because the book was called the rebel playbook And the whole idea of it is really just to challenge what people like me, people like you, what we've been doing our entire Mm -hmm. career. And that's really what I'm a mission. And and I'm a new rebel, which I think is good because then it shows people, doesn't matter how old you are, how long you've been doing things, anybody can be a rebel if you, uh, we talked about it before, if you look through a different lens. And I'm a Mm -hmm. big believer that you just need to take something that you've been doing for a really long time, recognition, whatever, look through it through a different lens, through a rebel lens and say, mm, does that make sense? I'll give you a perfect example. I was putting in a recognition program um, and I was getting ready to do something I had done my entire career, which was I was letting my employees give recognition to each other, which was new to me, but then I was going to make them come to me to approve it. Now, the amount of money was, I think, 15 Australian dollars. It wasn't a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I was going to make them come to me for to approve it. And my co-author is like, okay, you're talking about being a rebel. Why are you doing this? You know, just because mm-hmm. you did it before, all you're doing is telling your people you don't trust them. And I thought, you know what? He's absolutely right. And yeah. I challenged myself and I got rid of that rule. And the world didn't end. Everything <laughs> worked fine. <laughs> and I think we need to do that with everything, everything we do when it comes to recognition and everything when it comes to our people. So so on, on that note, um, uh, do you have any examples? Obviously, you wouldn't give company names, but just examples of where if you if you implement a, a recognition program poorly, what the potential cost of that is? Well, it's not necessarily poorly, but remember when I mentioned Heineken, so they had very similar to many companies, they had the best of the best program. That was all they had was their top, top 4% of people got recognized. 
So I'm not saying it was done poorly. It just wasn't done in the way that made sense for them. So they took a step back and changed their strategy, which is what everyone needs to do is to look at your why and think about why you're doing it. And they came up with a, with a new strategy of what they were trying to achieve through their program. They wanted a, a, a recognition culture, you used the word culture before, mm-hmm. which is so, so important. They wanted a, a company that was going to have um, recognition culture. They wanted to have small awards instead of large awards because those 4% of people were getting big awards. They didn't need yeah. them. They wanted it to happen on a more timely basis. It was happening once a year. Um, and they, they wanted it to be more flexible and such. So to me, it, it, it was right at the time, but the world's changed and it yeah. evolved. And again, you know, you can imagine you do a, an engagement survey. How many of you feel recognized? I think they had 20% of people who said they felt recognized, which is amazing since only 4% were being recognized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they do it after this new program and it changes to 100 so wow. wow and then another example that i i often share um and someone shared this with me is how we start out thinking we have something right we get it wrong but we change it a company it was a healthcare company and they came up with an award where they gave people a voucher for a free cup of coffee outside of the hospital which sounds great right you know mm-hmm. you don't have to have hospital coffee And what they found out was that some of the feedback they were getting was, I saved someone's life and you gave me a cup of coffee. Oh, Um, gosh. So, and it wasn't intentional. You know, it was done for the right reasons. So to me, that's not a failure. That's more of an opportunity to go back and talk to people. And either, if you don't have any more money to give more than a cup of coffee, make sure that they darn well know that that cup of coffee is an amazing cup of coffee based off of the amazing things that you do. Or if you have more money, give them something more meaningful. You know, I was as I was listening to you with the with the, the previous example, it just reminded me of um when I was working for a, an IT-based company and and you know, I was lucky enough to go to Morocco, to go to Florida, to go to Lapland. But then it wasn't 100% of the people in the office. Two of my team didn't make their targets. So they're stuck back in the office. And then there was there were all the admin staff um, who makes the, who made everything happen. And coming back, and we're all talking about this amazing time that we had and and just rubbing it into them, you know? And I, I remember at the time feeling dreadful and thinking, and it sort of took it away, the shine away from me a little bit as well. So yeah, I know I've experienced that. <laughs> and it's interesting because I can remember like it was yesterday going to one of my managing directors to put in a recognition program. And he said to me, isn't that what commission is for? Isn't that what the, um, you know, the end of the year sales trip mm-hmm. is for? And I said, well, to your point, first of all, what about all those other people who are supporting you? But also what happens where you've put your all your effort into mm. something and it's not your fault and you don't get a sale? Mm. I'm not saying you have to give them money, but don't you think you need to recognize people? And also I interviewed a personal trainer when I was writing the book and he was talking about non-scale victories. So all the little things that you do to get to that big win, like the marathon at the end, you know, you could be working six months on getting a new client and studies have shown if you don't continually show appreciation and value throughout the process, they're going to burn out. They're never going to get there. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, and again, when you were talking about 
uh, when you were talking about the cup of coffee, and and again, I hope it's not too much of a curveball because it's not something I sent in the questions to you. But thinking about these new sort of hybrid environments that we're working in, are there any considerations, you know, things that we need to take into account when a lot of people are still working from home or, or working in a hybrid situation? Well, it's interesting you say that because I wrote my book on values right right when the pandemic was coming, uh, was starting, which was not a mm-hmm. good time for a book to come out. Mm-hmm. And I was going to wait to write a book on recognition. I was going to wait, you know, give myself another two years or so just to start do more work on the value side. But to me, I thought with this hybrid world, recognition is even more important because we're not seeing each other all the time. So we can't have all those, you know, I saw you in the hallway go great job type thing. So to me, a hybrid um, environment, I think really forces us and encourages us to do it more. And it's almost like I talked about 3D glasses. We need to have like spy glasses or we have to something to be able to see all the great (laughs) things that people are doing when we're not in the same room with them and continually encourage people. And that's why I'm a big fan of getting everyone involved. I, I, I call it a crowdsourcing approach to recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that everybody can out, be out there seeing and, and capturing all those amazing things, not just, you know, your managers or your leaders in the company. Yeah, yeah. And and so what thinking about some, I don't know, maybe some quick wins. And it's interesting because when we – so. We're just on a, an audio platform at the moment, but we had we had a little Zoom catch up before the the audio catch up, and I saw this this amazing picture in the back of your room, and you told me a story about it. So I'm thinking, well, could that be an example? And then then I'm thinking, well, it, could that be intrusive? I'm a walking on eggshells, you know. <laughs> Well, no, no, no. I've got this, I mean, going along with the whole idea of rebel, I've got this mantra, and I said it before about looking at things through a different lens. And I think that that's, you know, an important tip in everything that we do, you know, as the world is constantly throwing us curveballs and such, what can we do to do things in a different way, ultimately showing our people this, this feeling of appreciation. Mm. And actually, I went back, I must have written the first three paragraphs 20 times. I don't know about you, but when you write like a paper or you do anything, Mm -hmm. the first three paragraphs are the hardest. And I ended up on talking about this feeling of appreciation because I think if we can get that right, it's so important. It's almost like picturing the end, picturing that person getting that coffee voucher. And I was trying to find, I love quotes and I was trying to find the perfect quote. And I went back to one that I've used for many years. It's probably one of my favorite quotes, which is, People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Um, and whether that's through appreciation, recognition, how you develop your people, how you support your people. To me as a leader, I wish someone had taught me that earlier in my career because yeah. I was, I personally, I was focusing so much more on the supporting people from a technical perspective and less on this. And I Mm -hmm. I think this can make a huge difference. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So thinking about, and and we did, we, we have touched on it already a little bit, but, but you know, those sort of people, people listening and thinking, okay, gosh, where do I start? I haven't, haven't got a, haven't got a huge budget for a formal recognition program. Um, 
where where would I where would I start? What would be something uh, some 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 low hanging fruit, some quick wins for recognition on a shoestring? <laughs> um, I think the, the the biggest win is to first just look for it. So because I think we get so busy in our lives that we're not looking for it. So, you know, put on your recognition glasses and just start looking for it. And it can be as simple as a thank you. It doesn't have to be somebody going above and beyond and doing the most amazing mm. things. You know, if, if someone did a good job doing, doing their work, say thank you. Um, it can make such a big difference. Now, one of the things I'll, I'll share this, which is which I think can take it to the next level, and it's not mine. There was a model I read in a book called Crave, which I use when I train my people all the time because... Saying thank you is good, but it doesn't release the happiness chemicals. It yeah. has to be done in a meaningful way. So it's a three-step model. Um, the first is A, so what did the person do? I know it seems simple, but thank you for what you did. The next one is to link it to a, a value. I told you my last book was on values. I'm a big fan of values. So if you have company values, they're there to help drive actions and behaviors, use them. If you don't have values, then link it to the action or behavior. So mm -hmm. you did an amazing job, Claire, organizing this event. It shows that you really care about your, your audience and that you use technology and such to do it in the right way. And then the last one is I, the impact. And what is the impact? Yeah. So, you know, we were talking about you using Zencaster for your, your webinar. So by mm -hmm. using this technology, it makes sure that you're removing some of the things that get in the way of your audience really being able to have an amazing experience listening to you and such. So it's A-V-I. And if that's the only thing you do is you start looking for these and then saying it through this then you're going to appreciate it. Mike, I've told you I'm writing a manager book and um, I think the title is going to be um, see it, say it, appreciate it. So those three steps, see it, yeah. say it, appreciate it. And, and, and that is so true. And I, I, you might know more than me, but I do remember a study that was done where they had half of the people where the manager just said, thank you. And the other half where they did, a, very very similar to your model and it was sort of twice the level of, of engagement when there was an actual reason given because you you spotted me doing something well you noticed it you took the you had those lenses on I love that what you say about the recognition glasses because it's you know ha actually have that proactive focus on spotting people doing something well or uh, you know, having someone report back, you know, your supervisor told me that you did this last week or what have you, that it, it does make a massive difference, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, um, my my husband's company didn't have anything at the time. And I was writing the book and, you know, we were in lockdown. So we were walking the dogs together every day at lunchtime. And so he went and he created his own um, channel on Teams a special recognition channel so that everyone on his team could jump in and write some, it didn't cost anything and uh, jump in and write if someone had done a good job. And then, you know, the thing I love about doing it through technology is then you thank them, the chemicals are released. Somebody sees it and says, well done, mate, I'm going to yeah. go, you know, and they write a message, happiness chemicals are released again. And he even took it to the next level and he, um, he had his company values automated so that when you lived a value, this link, 
moving value or uh, would show up <laughs> on it. And it was great. I loved it so much. I went and I had my values automated. Wow. And, and you know, that's such an important point that you've just said that because if it's only ever the manager that's recognizing, then that can, that can wear thin, but, but to have that ripple effect of it, you know, people, I mean, we do, we compliment each other all the time, but to have some sort of um, formalization of it where it can spread, you can get recognition ripples. Um, Absolutely. And there's a model that I, I, I call these the four golden rules. So another quick tip, it's the four things we must do. M stands for making it meaningful. And I talked a little bit how you can make it meaningful through your words. U talks about unified and inclusive. So you do not want to create the haves and the have nots. Think about what can you do to, to make it more of an inclusive type of environment. S is spotlight, which is what you talked about. So put it under the spotlight, share those great um, moments so that it's a ripple effect in that people learn from it, more people recognize it. And then the T stands for timely. So yeah, yes. if you can think about it. So see it, say it, appreciate it. And the four things you must do. There you go. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Well, that, uh, that's, yeah, that, that's gold in itself. And we're going to encourage people, you have to listen to this podcast until the end, please. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just focus a little bit more on, on you and, and, and how you spend your time. Obviously, we've talked about the books and we know that you're a prolific author. Um, wh what are you spending most of your time doing these days and enjoying more to the point, Deb? <laughs> You know, I'm probably the same as everyone. I'm not doing what I thought I was going to do before the <laughs> pandemic. So yeah, when I when I wound up, I went out on my own because I was on this mission to pay it forward. That's why I, I came up with this silly title of Chief Pay It Forward Officer. And I was going to do that through books and speaking and workshops. And then the pandemic hit. So um, I still did speaking and books and such, but I've, I've spent a lot of time also consulting, which I never knew I'd like. Mm. So it's based, I love it because it's like working for companies. I work for myself, but I work for companies and I go in one company and we design their values. I go in another company and we do recognition. Another company, I do a benefit strategy. So no day is ever alike. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just lovely because, you know, I've been doing this for over 20 years. So People always tell me, I'm like, where do you get all these stories from? Like, well, I've been doing it a while. Also, every book I write, I interview 50 companies. So I've got 50 new stories. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of everything and I'm, I'm loving it. I'm doing a balance and paying it forward. I'm doing some things that I'm doing, you know, pro bono, helping yeah. charities, going into universities and speaking, and then others going in and doing companies, which is what I did most of, the, most of my career. Yeah. And, and before I let you go, something that you just said then that I've picked up on is the power of story. So when you're helping someone design a program, do, does story come into it? And if so, how? Absolutely. And that, again, that's why half of my books are stories, because sometimes, you know, you just you need that story to bring it life. It was funny. I did a talk um, locally at this small company and I asked if I could bring my daughter because my daughter's 21. She doesn't really know what I do. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, she goes, Mom, normally I lose the will to live when someone's getting up on stage and talking for an hour. She said, you had me the entire time. I yep. love stories and it, it brings you in it adds color it adds flavor absolutely and you know 
at your company use storytelling to help people understand, you know, that that's what a recognition message is. It's a story. Every yeah. single time you share it through AVI, it's a story yeah. that is going to help people. It's going to encourage people. It's going to teach people. I say recognition is like a free training class. <laughs> and a way to, to not let those stories slip through your fingers, you know, to find a way to, uh, sort of catalog them or create visuals for them or the world's your oyster when it comes to creativity around those stories isn't it yeah and one company I interviewed and this is a really simple thing to do is when they were doing their inductions they would share a lot of these stories so that people would say what good and great look like and also just to bring to life the whole idea of a recognition culture um, so I think, you know, you can use it in lots of different ways. I know for me, I've got a desk drawer where I've either gotten like handwritten recognition notes or when I've had platforms, I've printed it out. And when I'm having a bad day, I pull out my little recognition notes yeah. and it, remi yeah. it reminds me through a story of what I need to continue doing and that actually I'm not crap. I've done some good things. <laughs> <laughs> we all need a drawer like that. Well, today, Deborah Corey, you have done a wonderful thing so thank you for being a part of this podcast because all the the research that you've done the stories that you shared with us today um will i have no doubt be sparking someone's not just curiosity but motivation to act to bring recognition into into cultures and organizations so i hope it did a little bit of an avi because i'm sure the impact is going to be <laughs> it's going to be amazing um no, I, yes please sorry i was just going to say and i think that's a lovely way to end is to really just challenge everyone and i do this every time i do a workshop with people just challenge everybody to just to start looking for it and start doing something because the difference that you can make just by a few words is mm -hmm. immense, immense. And what a great feeling, as we talked about at the beginning, knowing that you've done this for a person and we all deserve it. Oh, we certainly do. Look, I'm sure people are going to want to um, get in contact with you, uh, find out more about your books. Um, how can they do that, Deborah? Um, LinkedIn's probably the best way. So by all means, connect with me, send me a note, anything like that. Um, my appreciate book is out. My new one for managers, um, is coming out in October. So right. if you're a leader or a manager, although I'd love you to read appreciate it, it's more about designing programs. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're not designing them, hold tight, this new book will be out soon. <laughs> Fabulous. I'll make sure I put all the links on the show notes as well. Deborah, thank you. thank you so much. You're in the UK, so have a fabulous day ahead. Um, I hope the sun shines and it warms up for you. Great. Thanks for having me. It was a lovely conversation. It certainly was. Go well. Thanks for listening. And we hope that this conversation provided the insights and inspiration that you were looking for. Did you know that Authentic Leadership is currently ranking eighth in the top 25 Australian leadership podcasts? You can help us get to number one by heading over to Apple iTunes and doing three quick things. Subscribing, giving us a positive rating, and writing a short review. This is the most effective way for us to get the key messages around 21st century leadership 
out into the business community. And before you go, if you or your people are needing to boost their resilience muscle and master thriving in change, then please head over to the BrainSmart website and take a look at our Dealing with Change and Building Resilience program. The website is brain-smart.com. Go well, stay safe, and keep listening and learning.